Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. So we started um, a series on Wednesday, Basic Foundation for Spiritual Growth. We started talking about Basic Foundation for Spiritual Growth. And we try to, on Wednesday, talk about the component of man. What is man made up of? And we identified on Wednesday. How many of you were here on Wednesday? Okay. What did we talk about? Spirit, soul, and body. That man is essentially spirit. Man is spirit. Okay. Man is not this physical um, body. Man is spirit. And he has a soul. What is the soul made up of? His mind, his will, his intellect, and his what? Emotions. And then he lives in a body. Man is spirit. He has a soul and lives in a body. And it's very important that we understand these divisions. Because... We found that a lot of people pay very serious attention to their bodies. They are careful about the cream they use. You know, they are careful about their perfume. They are careful about their soap. You know, I I never thought that people had a specific soap they used to bath until I stayed with one of my friends. Uh, He said his soap got finished. So I thought, well, normally if your soap gets finished, you just go and buy another soap. So we went to the supermarket and he said, uh, he didn't see his soap there. I said, what do you mean by you didn't see your soap there? And then uh, he told me there is a peculiar kind of soap he uses. You know, so people are very, are very detailed to that extent. The, the cream, the soap, uh, the kind of clothes they wear, the tailor that makes their clothes. And you see that what, what happens is that a lot of people are very focused on their body assuming that this is the real person but you know that if this earthly tabernacle falls down and the spirit is not there we cannot refer to that as you that's just your body not your spirit it's your spirit that makes you who you are and so we try to on Wednesday, I did quite a lot. Please make sure you get the studies. And I want to plead with you, please make the week, the, week, the, the week meetings. They are very important to your spiritual development. So, we talked about, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. And we just want to read that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. And we were able to, it says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you found out that in First Thessalonians, that there is a clear division between the spirit, the soul, and the body. The division is very clear. And we went through a lot of scriptures that talks about the division. And we said in the Greek, the body is, the, the word used for the body is soma, S-O-M-A, uh, 
the, the, the word, the Greek word used for the soul is suke, P-Y-S-U-C-H-E. And the word used for the spirit is pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A. So we've got these very clear divisions that the real you is your spirit. And so if we talk about your growth as a child of God, your growth as a child of God is not your physical growth. Your growth as a child of God is the development of the new creation, the recreated human spirit. And, and this is very important as we, as we grow in Christ because you see a lot of people uh, relate to, and, and that's the reason we find racism all over the place. Because we relate to people by the flesh. By the color of your skin. And it's amazing sometimes how you can find a child of God who is very tribalistic. If you're, if you're a Christian, if you're a genuine Christian, you're born again and you're still very tribalistic in your approach to matters, then you need to get your mind renewed. I, 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 I mean, it, it was shocking when, when we wanted to get married and uh, met some older believers and, uh, I, 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 they asked me, oh, so the, the person you're getting married from, where is he from? I, I said, where is she from? <laughs> I said, I said she's an Igala person from Kogi State. Ah, okay. Uh, Igala women, Igala women, ah, they are, they are okay. The Igala women are okay. Some of them even forgot to ask me if she was born again. You know, sometimes we have this notion in our head that if we marry someone from the same tribe, we'll have a peaceful marriage. Nothing can be far from the truth. And you see, some believers, you even get into some churches and they say, well, if you are from this tribe, you cannot rise to the top. If you find yourself in that kind of church, you should run away as fast as you can. The, the body of Christ must never be ethnic in its approach. Must never. Are you following what I'm saying? You know, say that people from my town attend that church. We don't walk that way anymore. The Bible says one baptism, one spirit, one faith, one body. Hallelujah. We know no man after the flesh. So your spirit is the real you. I'm emphasizing that again. I'm emphasizing that again. That's who you are. That's who needs to be developed. And I gave an example on Wednesday. I said, if this is the body and this is the soul, and this is the spirit, you can either live two ways. You can live from your spirit to your body. That means your spirit has dominance. Your spirit is the one governing. Or you can either live from your body to feed your spirit. That means you now move by what you see, what you hear, and what you say. So the soul actually, which is your mind, your will, your intellect, and your emotions, is in the middle, all right, Depending on what you feed your soul. So we've got people whose bodies are developed. They've got six packs, right? You know, all kinds of packs. They, they go to the, to the gym all the time. They, they, they are faithful people. Their body is well developed. And their soul, some people's soul is well developed. They've studied a lot, read a lot of books, built their mind, tapped into the power of the human will. You know, but their spirit is very weak. But the scripture says something. It says that the spirit of a man will sustain him in the days of infirmities. That means that your spirit has the ability to sustain your body. That means that your spirit has the ability to carry your body through. 
Your spirit has the ability to carry your body through. So that means that if the spirit of a man can sustain him in the days of adversity, that means if there is something in your body that ought not to be there, and your spirit is well developed, your spirit can push it out. So the Bible says, if that same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in us, it will quicken our mortal bodies. The Amplified Version says it will revitalize our mortal bodies. What that means is that it will give our mortal bodies life again. What, what that is simply saying is that the spirit has enough energy to impact on our mortal body. So that means that by the spirit we can overcome temptation. That means by the spirit we can overcome death. That means by the spirit we can overcome accident. That means by the spirit we can overcome anything that comes against our bodies. So, in spiritual development, our, our spirit is the primary thing. And I give an example. That if you have your body here, you've got your soul here, and you've got your spirit here, if God were to choose one thing, he would pick your spirit. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Your spirit needs attention. Give it attention. You know, many choices we make in life, we don't, some of us don't consider our spirit. Have you ever made a choice and you have to say, for instance, oh, we, we move into this place. What, what kind of church are we going to find there? Are we going to find a church that can teach us the word? Let's say you have the opportunity to attend a church where you're taught the word, your children are growing in faith, your family is going on strong, and they are paying you a hundred thousand naira. And then there's another, another job somewhere. They are going to pay you six hundred and eighty thousand naira, ninety-nine kobo. <laughs> Free accommodation. But, but you know, there's no thriving church there. A world church. How many of us, we're going to, don't raise your hand now. We're going to pray about this before we make the choice. You're not going to pray. You know what you're going to say? Pastor, I have a testimony. <laughs> After last Sunday, I was on my own. This job just came. And your pastor said, well, there's no church there. You know, Pastor, you actually said that we are the church, right? That's, that's what you talk, that we are the church. <laughs> but you have also forgotten that the scripture says that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, that some have that manner. That means it's the habit of some people to always be absent from church. Some of us, we cannot manage things for our body. That means we cannot just use any cream. We cannot allow anybody to play our hair. We cannot manage things for our soul. We can't read any book. But you know we can manage a church. I know well, they're not teaching so much well, but what do we do? You know why? Because in your heart, your spirit is not the most important part of you. So, you can feed your body with something good. We, we, we eat the right diet. You know, make sure there's vegetables. Make sure there's fruits. Make sure our children don't take less. We'll, we'll read the right books. We'll read the wrong books. But when it comes to our spirit, we can allow just anything, you know. After all, we're serving the same God. You need to be careful of that statement, we're serving the same God. You need to be careful of that statement. 
When people ask me, right, when, when I talk to people and they say, you know, but we are all serving the same God. I say, exactly how? Are, are you following what I'm saying? How are we really serving the same God? We need to be clear. We need to get our definitions right. Praise the name of the Lord. So your spirit is the most important part. Glory to God. Okay, let's get into today's study. That was a summary, actually, of Wednesday. So my time starts counting from now. <laughs> Praise God. Let, let's go to Proverbs 20, verse 17. Start from there. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 17. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 20, verse 17. Sorry, Proverbs 20, verse 27. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. Are you still here? Okay. Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of a man is the lamb of the Lord. The spirit of a man is the lamb of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. The spirit of man is the lamb of the Lord searching searching now go to John chapter 1 and verse 9 John chapter 1 and verse 9 John chapter 1 and verse 9 that was the true light talking about John uh, talk, John, John, uh, they, they were talking about John, speaking about Jesus Christ. Okay, we can read it from verse 8. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to be a witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Now, if this is giving light to every man that comes into the world, where is that light going to come? Proverbs. It's going to come on the spirit of man, which is the Lamb of God. It, that's where God enlightens. That's where God enlightens your spirit. Okay? Your spirit. Now, we said something. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. Um, we read that on Wednesday, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 to 11. Your spirit can only know the things of God by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. We, we spent some time there. Praise God. I said, Praise God. Thank you. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10. But God, you know, we quote this scripture a lot of times, and we tend to stop there. We say, oh, you know, it has not yet been revealed what God has prepared for me. Well, in a way, you're right, but we can know these things by the Spirit. We can know exactly what God wants to have by the Spirit. Amen. He says, but God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Remember what we read in Proverbs. 
You know, comparing scripture with scripture. For what man knows the things of the of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. So you see, he says, the spirit of a man which is in him. Right? Which is inside him. Talking about the inward man. Okay. Now, that um, even so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. And uh, um, give me verse 11 alone. I want to show something here. Just verse 11 alone. Now, if you, if you look at verse 11 alone, you're going to see S... For spirit, you're going to say capital S. It's talking about the spirit of God. Every time you say capital S in the scriptures, it's talking about the spirit of God. And then you see the small letter S, and you find out it's talking about the human spirit. So, the spirit of God interacts with your human spirit. The spirit of God interacts with your human spirit. So, your human spirit is the basis of interaction. Your human spirit is the basis of interaction. If God wants to communicate to you, if God wants to communicate to you, He communicates to you based on your spirit, in your spirit. Most times, and very rare occasions, does God communicate to you based on your outer ears, your audible voice. Most times if God wants to speak to you, He will speak to you in your inner man. Is there somebody with the projector? Give me verse 11 alone. If God wants to communicate to you, He communicates to you based on your human spirit. So the communications of God is based on your inner man. So a lot of people try to hear God with the outer ear. And they say, well, uh, I can't hear God. Alright? So if you if you see that, it says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man, that, that S, there is small s, I want you to pay attention to that, which is in him. That means the spirit is inside of him, inside this tabernacle. Now you need to just follow me now, because this is very fundamental to our Christian growth. Very fundamental to our Christian growth. Okay? Now, even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. So, if you look at that, Verse carefully, you see the spirit of man. Now, every time the Bible uses the word, not every time, most times when the Bible uses of, it talks about like source. You know, the house of Jacob. The one that means somebody from the family of Jacob. So when it says the spirit of man, it's talking about the spirit that is of man, that belongs to man. Okay, and the spirit that belongs to God. Now, if God wants to communicate to you, he will do that 99.9% of the time in your spirit. So, if your spirit is not well developed, you would have a problem hearing the voice of God. And now what you're going to find out is that you are now going to depend a lot on prophets. Now, I'll say this here. Public announcement. A prophet is not supposed to lead a child of God. I'll say it again. A prophet, whether he's a major prophet, or a minor one, or prophet one of Africa, whether he sees clearly, he is not designed to lead a child of God. You are not led by a prophet. 
you ought to be as many as are led by what? I can hear you. The Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. But the man can see clearly what happened to your own eyes. You must learn to... You see, the thing is that if we don't pay attention to our own spiritual development, we'll be at the mercy of prophets. I told you, I was in a meeting one time and the prophet was going around. He said he was a prophet. I don't believe he was. And speaking to people, yo, this is going to happen to you. This is going to happen to you. This is going to happen to you. He came to where am I? See, man, uh, I was sitting cold. See, man of God, can I prophesy to you? I said, no. I don't need it. Two things you're going to say. Number one, they are trying to kill you. It's not news. They try to kill Jesus. When he died on the cross, he set me free from their powers. So that's a done deal. The second thing you're going to see in the prophecy is, oh well, uh, God is going to make you great. You are going to preach around the world. Well, it's not news anymore. Because he told me, go into the world and preach the gospel. And when Jesus died, that was a done deal. So there's no new prophecy. Everything is in the book. I said everything is in the book. Amen. A prophet is not to lead the New Testament said. The prophet is only to confirm what you already know. That means you know it in your spirit and it confirms. You know, I'm amazed how we interview demons nowadays in in the body of Christ. When the scripture clearly tells us that he cannot tell the truth. He is a father of lies. Yet we ask them. What is your name? My name is uh, whatever. How many of you? We are 20. Hmm. When did you enter this man? When his father gave birth to him. Uh, one woman brought pamkani oil. It was through that pamkani oil. Hmm. Say it again. Say it again. Did not repeat it. And people are just there clapping. Oh, oh, oh. Sad state. And then you, you, we all now stop the service and we start listening to a demon. All of us, child of God. We start listening. We listen to stories. Listen, I'll say this here now. All of you that you know the channel I'm talking about, that keep those channels on in your homes, you're opening yourself up to wrong influences. I don't care what you think about it. Let's get into the word. Because you know what you're hearing all the time? You know what you're hearing all the time? What devil is doing in people's life? Everything you're hearing. Oh, the devil did this. The devil did this. I wanted to go abroad. They, they scattered my paper. Oh, thank you, man of God. I've gone abroad. There are people who are not born again that will apply for visa and go and stay abroad. We keep hearing those things and you keep... Listen, this is what happens. And I'm very, very serious about what I'm saying this morning. You keep hearing those things and keep seeing one man as the solution to all those problems. Not Christ. You keep hearing the manifestation. This one came, this one came, this one came, and the man of God did it. This one came, and the man of God did it. This one came, and the man of God did it. This one came, and the man of God did it. In your mind, I need to reach him. Once I can get to him, my problems will be over. Who died for you? Jesus. Some of you are not sure yet. You see, you, see, you are beginning to get confused now. Who died for you? Jesus, Jesus died for us. And what I tell you, Come boldly to the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy. 
Because he knows that sometimes you might not have transport. You don't need transport to get to the throne of grace. All you need to get to the throne of grace is to open your mouth and say, God help me. And that's it. You can walk away from every problem you are in once you acknowledge who you are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I hope I have not touched your mentor wrongly. I know some of you come here every Sunday, but that's your mentor. That's actually your pastor. Romans 1 9. But that's your problem. Not mine. <laughs> Romans chapter 1 verse 9. Now somebody says, So what do we do with demons? We cast them out. Amen. And the Bible says, Through his word, he cast out demons. We don't interview them. We don't entertain them. We don't celebrate them. We do what? We cast them out. Praise God. And someone say, Well, Pastor, uh, they have done deliverance on me seven times. It's enough. You are not the one to be delivering other people. Praise the name of the Lord. True knowledge shall what? Shall the just be what? Be delivered. Romans chapter 1 verse 9. I'll, I'll say this here. Let's go here now. Are you learning something this morning? For God is my witness, whom I serve with what? My spirit. In what? The gospel of his son. That without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. He says, I serve God in my spirit. That means that it is with your spirit that you can serve God. And that's why, please pay attention to me this morning. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I am very, how do I put it? I try my best to make sure people in this ministry see that it is not your physical activity that is your primary source of worship to God. Right? Maybe you're usher. That's why sometimes I encourage my ushers. Well, when we get to a point in the service and anybody's coming late, let them find a seat for themselves. You sit down and hear the word. Because you can only worship God with what? With your spirit. You know, some people, they, they are so focused on activities. They go to church in the morning, go to church in the afternoon, go to church in the evening, they go for midnight prayers, they go for crossover, uh, uh, crossover afternoon, um, uh, uh, lunch hour prayer. So much activities. If they are walking through a door and you forget to greet them, then you are in problem. Anger will manifest. It means they are not growing spiritually. I tell you, one of the ways to know you're growing spiritually is how much of your love work is growing. What that means is this. This used to make me angry two years ago. But when you do it this year, I look at you with the eyes of mercy. Are you following what I'm saying? You know, you know, you hear some people say, well, I used to be angry. If I was angry, nobody could hold me. And we are struggling to hold him as he's making that statement. And he said he used to be. <laughs> that I'm cool now. And five people are struggling to hold him. He says he's cool. You know, scripture says anger rests in the bosom of fools. And who is a fool according to biblical definition? The man that says in his heart, there is no God. That means, the more you develop your relationship to God, love will overwhelm your heart. Because the Holy Ghost has shed that abroad. Where? In our heart. Romans chapter 7, verse 6. Romans chapter 7, verse 6. Praise the name of the Lord. But now, 
have been delivered from the Lord. I like this. We have been delivered from the Lord. Having died to what we were held by. So that we should serve. Look at this. In the newness of the spirit. And not in the oldness of the letter. And the reason being that. No man could actually keep the law. And let me, let me explain this to you. There were over 613 laws outside of the Ten Commandments. You know, the first man that broke the law was Moses. <laughs> God gave him the law. <laughs> and he came and saw the children of Israel. The guy got angry and broke all ten. God had to, to reprint. I'll, I'll, I'll say this here. Learn to pray for pastors. Pray for ministers of the gospel. Are, are you following what I'm saying? Spend time. To, I'm going to do a, a series on how to minister to your pastor. You know, most times we only feel that the pastor is the one that ministers to us. Which is right, because as an assignment God is given to him. And we only feel that uh, the pastor, the only way we can minister to the pastor is to give him money. You know, sometimes, you know, if he's preaching like it, maybe there's no food in the house. You look for something there and give him. <laughs> let, let, let me pause here. Go to Philippians chapter 1. I'll show you something here. Maybe God wants to use this to help us. Philippians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Philippians chapter 1. Let's read from verse 19. This is Paul speaking. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. Look at this. Through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Paul says, I'm going through a lot. But I know that it's going to turn out for my deliverance because you're praying for me. And that there's going to be a supply of the Spirit. Paul didn't say through my prayers. He says through your prayers. And that's the reason why. Because as ministers of the gospel, there are a lot of things. You know, sometimes you spend your time teaching people, you're teaching the word, you feel like you're doing a great job. And then they just call you. Uh, I'm out of God. Your member is in a, this is so and so please. I mean, you just feel like God, is it worth it? At those times, discouragement hits your soul. You keep thinking. Those times, it's not money you need. Are you following what I'm saying? It's not money you need. What do you need at that time? The prayers. So Paul says, pray for us. Amen. Okay, so I said that because of Moses, who broke the Ten Commandments, right? So he broke them and God had to do a reprint. Nobody could keep the commandments. But in the Spirit of God, in this new day, we can follow God consistently and not miss it. You know the reason why? When you talk to someone in a way that you shouldn't talk to the person, as you're walking and leaving the person, what happens? The Spirit of God tells you, well, go say sorry. And you turn and obey that. Before you know, you're constantly walking in perfection. That's why you must train your human spirit. The Spirit of God in you. It will lead you. It will guide you. It will tell you things to come. You will know when to make certain moves. It will show you what is wrong. You know, 
I taught this, this some years ago, maybe two, three years ago in, in church. I don't know if we still have the, the CDs. On perception. Paul says, I perceive that this voyage is going to end in disaster. The, 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 the captain of the ship, he said, when he looked and saw that the weather was good, what happened? What happened? He sailed. But what happened at the end of the day? They lost everything. They lost the money. If you would listen to God, He would teach you how to invest. If you would listen to God, you will not lose money. I tell you the truth, you will not lose money. You know, it's like when you sit at the airport, there is sun, you know, the weather is bright, and then they announce that, well, we can't fly because the weather at the destination is not, uh, is not good. Have you ever had that experience? You know, if they were to leave the flying to you, you would have been up there. Why? Because if you're going to fly people to a particular destination, where you are now is as important as where you're going to. And so, by foresight, the pilot can know that we can't land there. It's the same thing if you would listen to God. God knows where your life is going to end. And you know what? If you would listen to the Spirit of God, He will guide you carefully. Move this way. Move this way. Move this way. Move this way. And before you know, you're led into your destiny. And that's why I teach goal setting a lot. I, 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 I encourage people to set goals. But I also encourage people to be flexible so that God will tamper with the goals. Because you say, I want to do this. I want to do this. And God is leading you away. You must learn where to submit your plans to the Lord and allow Him to direct your steps. Because the greatest miracles you will ever get in your life, you will not be able to set a goal for them. It will be the Spirit of God leading you into them. So the goals are to give you basic disciplines to put yourself in order so God can be able to do what He wants to do in your life. So we can only know things in the Spirit. We can only serve God in the Spirit. Uh, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Romans 12:11. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. We can only serve God in spirit. We can only serve God in spirit. John 4:23-24 says that they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. We can only worship God in spirit and in truth. You know, when you say let's worship God in spirit and in truth, you know, people have this idea, you know, to worship God in spirit and in truth is either uh, you have to do this, you know, uh, close your eyes or, you know, again, they bring it to the body. Like there is a posture you have to, you know, you, you hear people say, let's, let's be in the spirit. Let's, let's just be in the spirit. Or you hear, uh, um, worship leaders especially, let's be in the mood of worship. So when they say let's be in the mood of worship, they want you to, to do like this. You know, <laughs> then, then, then you're in the mood of worship. Then when you do like this, you're in the mood of praise. You understand that? <laughs> Never tell a child of God, let's be in the spirit. Okay? That's where he lives. Oh, Father, we come into your presence. Where were you? You don't go into his presence. You will find that. Listen, and this is very important. 
In the book of Psalms, the Old Testament, you will find that expression used. The time in the New Testament where you mostly find that used is when it says, let's come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy. And essentially, it's talking about the story of salvation. But right now, we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. That means we are constantly in the spirit. You see, it is this teachings of you can be out of the spirit and in the spirit that makes people misbehave. You know when I mean misbehave? That means that somebody can be at home and slap his wife because he feels that he's not in the spirit. But he won't do it in church. You know why he won't do it in church? Because when he's in church, he feels, oh, God is here. Then when he goes home, he feels we left him here. So if he needs to pray, he will quickly run to the altar and run and come and pray here. Do you understand? I, I met a woman here one day. Uh, she says, sir, can I go to the altar to, to pray? I know she, was, she, she doesn't fellowship here. I said, why? He said, ah, one prophet said, <laughs> said one prophet said, you should go around seven churches and go to seven altars and thank God seven times. You know, you know this is like Babala or something. So I said, this is one of the seven altars. I said, no, you won't, you, 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 we don't have altar here. You look, there's a church across. Maybe you miss the direction. This altar, among your seven altars, you're counting this one as altar. No, no, that's not one of them. The way you want to share testimony somewhere. And that's I went to seven altars, including the one of KDCC. I didn't just. I had to sit that down and explain to her. Do you understand? The funny thing is that she didn't understand. You understand it. She didn't understand why. In her mind, if I'm a real man of God, I will concur. Seven altars. Seven times given. And I guess you can't do something like that in a place like China where there's persecution. You know, we can do all, all manner of things here because nobody is planning to kill us. But when you go to China, you cannot now build a beautiful building here and say God is working. You will die. Then you know God is working. We have an undergrad. It's the fastest growing church in the world. Sometimes, I, I, I read a story that sometimes because, listen, and listen, listen carefully to this as we move on. <laughs> because in certain places in China, the, they sent spies into their midst to know when they are going to have the next church service so they can't be persecuted. They'll finish ministry like this and say, well, you pray in the spirit and God will tell you where we're going to meet next time. They can't do announcements. And you know the reason why? Because then if you're not born again, you will know where they're meeting. You know, I say, if we try that here, you discover that it's only the pastor. <laughs> now most likely, yeah, where we should meet. So... <laughs> In fact, even with the text messages, people are still missing the direction. So that tells us that we have a lot more to go. Uh, uh, the, the day I announced that we were going to have a month of prayers, um, a particular couple in church, they have, they have been having a chat around that, and they were feeling in their spirit that they were going to suggest if we could, since people were not coming from the Monday prayer meetings because of job and all that, they were having a feeling in their spirit if they could suggest that we should maybe do a corporate prayer on Sunday morning. And they were planning to tell 
after the service, then I, I announced that we're going to have a month of prayer. And in fact, the wife was telling the husband, have you told pastor already? I said, no, I'm not told pastor. It means that the Holy Ghost can tell us the same thing. I said, it means the Holy Spirit can tell us the same thing. Are you following what I'm saying? He can tell us as a church what to do. And we will all know that's what God wants us to do. But then our spirits need to be developed. It's not when we spend time praying and fellowshiping with the Lord, you are spending time on TV. You move from one channel to the other. You move from one channel to the other. Your spirit is not trained. You're not spending time with God. And when we now say this is what God is telling us, say, I'm not sure. You can't be sure. We're not asking your opinion. If husbands and wives would develop their spirit, there will be less disagreements in the home. Because as you're bringing out something, you say, I feel the spirit of the Lord told me to, to, to do that. You know, I'll, I'll share this, this testimony with you to help you. When we got married early, myself and my wife, I read a book. That's why I'm a bit careful about reading marriage books. Because sometimes I found out that people write their experience, not the word of God. Okay? So there's a way that you can write your experience and people are different. So when you apply that experience to your own wife, it's, it becomes a little bit, um, yeah. So, I read the book, it, it passed any information to me. So when we just got married, I was dealing with my wife based on that information. And so one day I was praying, we were having a bit of friction, I was praying, and then I felt in my spirit, and God says, you're, you're dealing with your wife because of the way this person wrote in that book. But that's not who your wife is. If you deal with your wife this way, then there will not be a problem. So I, I repented of that, repented of that information, and began to just follow the word as I know the word to do, and everything was sorted. So it's because of the relationship I have with God. You know, sometimes you can get married, and the whole, your, your grandfather tells you that the way, the way to tie a woman down, as if she's an animal, say so if you want to tie your man down, or tie the woman down, you know, when you have advice that starts with tying of people down, then you know there's a problem. Do this way. And then in a, in a bit to tie people down, you start doing certain things and walk out of the will of God. But you know, it's the Holy Spirit that can reveal to you that you're acting based on an advice you heard when you were young. Because when he says he will bring things to our remembrance, it's not just the word of God. He will even bring things to our remembrance that are hindering our walk to glory. Conversations we have had with friends that were not right. Information we have heard that was not right. The Holy Ghost brings it and says, hey, that's where your problem is. That's why we need to renew our mind. We can only worship God in spirit. Revelation chapter 1 verse 10. Praise God. Stretch your spirit. We still have about 30 minutes. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Say amen. Thank you. We have had a prayer Sunday. Maybe we should have a word Sunday also. Where we just teach from 8 to 10. That will be good. I know when you make that announcement, then people are planning to come by 9.30. <laughs> Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 1 verse 10. Look at this. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet. You can only get revelation by your spirit. Most times, people have asked me, how do I know that I'm called into ministry? And I tell them, it's a knowing on my inside. I have not heard an audible voice, but I just know this is what I'm supposed to do. It's a knowing on the inside. Hallelujah. 
I said, Hallelujah. Amen. You can only get revelation of the word by the Spirit. I, I've, I've had to, to argue, not, you, uh, let me not use the word argue, but for, for lack of better words, I'll use that. I've had to talk to people about scriptures and they tell me, Well, Pastor, I don't believe that. It doesn't make sense to the mind. And I tell them, Well, everything I believe about the Bible doesn't make sense to the mind. I can explain everything I believe in the Bible rationally, but my spirit latches on. I believe. That's why I'm a believer. I'm not a believer because I can explain. I'm a believer because I believe. Okay, you didn't get that. I said, I'm not a believer because I can explain everything I believe. I'm a believer because what? Because you believe. How many of you have entered the local boat? I know some people haven't entered the local boat. You've entered the local boat. Okay. How many of us has ever traveled across this water? Whether local or international, whatever boat you entered. I hope you didn't fly. Okay. So, if you use any of the boats, when they give you your tag, and they say, go in, and you're about to sit down, do you go and knock at the door of the pilot and say, excuse me, I want to know how this boat works. Do you do that? What do you do? You sit down. Do you know how the boat works? I know some of you will say yes until we start asking you questions. Don't assume you know. You know some of you say, it's two engine boats. It's the safest. You don't have an idea. In your mind, it makes sense that two engines is better than one. Are you following what I'm saying? So, there are a lot of things we do in our natural life that we cannot explain but we believe. So, we, we must come with a childlike simplicity to the word of God and says, if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Another example. When most of us are sick, we go to the doctor. Right? And they give you a drug. And they say, take it three times a day, twice in the morning, twice in the afternoon, four times, six times a day. Take one through your eye, take, put one, rub one on your head, take one through your mouth. And you're diligent with that. Do you know how you're healed? Do you know how the sickness leaves? You don't know. But you believe. It's the same thing. It is only with our spirits we can believe God's word. That's why when the teaching of God's word is going on, you ought to pray and say, Lord, let my spirit be open to understand what the minister is saying. Praise the name of the Lord. So the Bible talks about the inward man. Let's go to First Peter chapter 3, verse 4. First Peter 3, verse 4. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Okay. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 4. Okay. Let's read from verse 1 to 4. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husband. Your own husband. I want to puncture something there. Your own husband. Okay. <laughs> your own husband. Because you find people also who are more submitted to other people than their husbands. You know? Sometimes you can find that in church. People who honor their pastors more than they honor their husbands. You shouldn't honor me more than you honor your husband. You should honor me because I'm your pastor. But your husband also deserves honor. Is that okay? Yes, so you can, uh, you know, you meet me. Oh, daddy, daddy, daddy. 
and then you go home and say, uh, John, <laughs> your food is there. It, it, it's not, it's not, you are not a believer. You understand? You're just a hand. So, don't do that. <laughs> or you go to the office. Your boss say, hey, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you go home. Can you help me with this? I cannot. Now, I understand that that's the person who pays you. You understand that? Uh, if you want that kind of respect, give me that kind of money. No, this is not an employment contract. Okay? We follow the word of God. Remember I said everything in the world might not make sense, but we do what? We believe. You forgotten now? When it's coming to this one now, you are forgetting quickly. No, you, you have the spirit of, my, of God. You can remember easily. So, we believe that submitting to our own husbands would work better for us. Amen? Amen. And then to the husbands. Loving your wife as Christ loved the church would work better for you. What does that mean? Your wife does not need to end your love. That love is unconditional. Are you following what I'm saying? When we got married, I opened that scripture to my wife and I said, hey, I love you. I mean, I love you naturally part of the process we used to get married. But after the marriage covenant is signed, I love you because the word of God tells me to. Irrespective of your behavior. Someone say, what about if she's, the way she's behaving is almost like uh, mommy water, how will somebody cope? Since you have lived with mommy water before, and you understand how people behave like mommy water, follow the word of God. Follow his word. You know, to take one mommy water to marry another mommy water, whatever mommy water means. You understand that? You follow the word of God. What that means is that we open ourselves to the word and we allow God to deal with the consequences. Is that okay? So, okay, let's move on. They, that even if some do not obey the word, look at this, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. So there's such a thing as a conduct that wins a man over. Are you following what I'm saying? There's such a way that you conduct yourself that wins a man over. The same thing with, with, with husbands and wife, okay? You need to, cause I, I discovered that sometimes we're just against the women, just like it's everything is the women, but that's not true. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment, okay, be merely outward, arranging the hair. <laughs> Praise God. Arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. <laughs> Something funny happened yesterday. My wife made a new hair. It spent quite a couple of hours. So I went out of the house. One hour I came back. I said, Are you people still here? He said, Yes. I went out again. Came back. I said, Are you still here? He said, Yes. I went back the third hour, like Jesus, the garden of Gethsemane. I came back. I said, Can you pray with me for one hour? You're still here? I said, Yeah. I said, Wonderful. That's why I advise that you cut the hair. He was saying. But you understand that? You can take three hours. Two hours on the hair. And when she was to pay the president, I saw the notes coming out. I said, are you going to the market? <laughs> Send notes for the hair. I said, this can cut me and carry his hair for the next two months. <laughs> Why not? Our economy will be stable. That means we're actually assets, economic assets to the house. But see, see, she can spend three hours right? On the hair. She can spend a few thousand. There's some of you that even say, Pastor, I don't have a job. It's not reflecting in your hair. When we look at your hair, 
It looks like you, you're walking in NLNG. You're not looking like you're jobless. The hair is always sparking. New every day. His mercies. Your hair are new every day. He's ever faithful. Ever changing. Glory to God. Alright? You can spend time. Put your hair on the... What's that? Dryer. I wanted to say heater. I knew it wasn't right. You put your head on the dryer. Alright? And uh, two hours. You know, I'm using ladies because it's more... For guys, it's easy. It's a bit... Some few minutes. We're done. And then you stay in the front of the mirror. Beautiful. You should do that. You shouldn't look like some, somebody not going anywhere in his life. You should look beautiful. But the scripture says, if you can pay as much attention to your earthly body... How much more your spirit? That means, just as you schedule that I am going to make my hair today, and I'm going to sit down until this hair is finished. I've even seen hair that they do in days. First day, they finish hair. <laughs> and they wear a cap. And when you look at the cap, you say, you are beautiful. Don't let them open the cap. The second day, they do the middle. The third day, they do the middle. My only... You know, when either my wife or my daughter are making their hair, my only fear is the day they will lose it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had to lose that hair yesterday and it, it took me about, I'm perfecting my skills now, it took me about an hour to lose her hair. She was watching cartoon, I'm losing the hair, she said she won't be skit. For peace to reign, for me to finish on time so I can go and sleep and prepare for service, I have to give her whatever she... So she knows now that every time I'm losing the hair is the time of grace. You can ask for anything and you would have it. You know? But that's energy we put into our natural mind. The same way you should have days that you sit down and say, I'm going to read the scriptures for three hours and I'm not moving until I'm done. You sit down. You're feeling heat. You feel like standing up, but you say, no, if I was in the saloon, I wouldn't move. I stay on the word. The same way you can count 2,000 to go and cut your hair, you should be able to count 2,000 naira and buy a book that will grow your spirit. You've been hearing us mention Kere Regin, Kere Regin, Kere Regin, mention You should buy a book and read. You're having problems with sickness. You should buy a book on healing and finish the book. Look at it. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. And this is where some people now say, oh, the scripture says we should not wear gold. If, you, if, if, if a preacher reads this and says that, there's no need to answer him. Because even what he has read, he didn't understand. So there's no need to argue. Putting on fine apparel. Rather, rather, so he didn't say he, he wasn't speaking against this. Do you have the amplified son? Put up the amplified. He wasn't speaking against this. He was rather saying, instead of putting so much energy into this, let it be what the amplified just verse um, verse four, verse three and four. If you have it, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart. The King James Version talks about the inward man with the incorruptibility built. The incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit which is very precious 
in the sight of God. Where are we now? Let not yours be amplified. Let not yours be merely external adorning with elaborate interweaving and nothing of the hair. Glory to God. The way interweaving and nothing. The wearing of jewelry. Or changes of clothes. But let it be the inward adorning and beauty of the hidden person of the heart. With the incorruptible and unfading sham of a gentle and a peaceful spirit. Which is not anxious. Or wrought up. Which may be easily angered. But is very precious in the sight of God. I want you to note that word. That the inward man. The gentle and quiet spirit. Is precious in God's sight. Remember I told you, if God were to choose between your spirit, your soul, and your body, God would pick the spirit. Your spirit is precious in God's sight. It should be in your own sight. It should be in your own sight. I was reading something about Paul. And Paul says, I pray in tongues more than you all. I'm like, this guy's bold. How can you look at believers and say I pray in tongues more than you are? That means this guy will be spending hours praying in tongues. What does the Bible say? When we pray in tongues, we edify our spirits. Hallelujah. The inward man of the heart is precious. Say my spirit is precious to God. Say it. Say it one more time. Say my spirit is very precious in the sight of God. And tell yourself, my spirit, my spirit is very precious, very precious in my sight. You should treat it as that. If you will gain the victory in your spirit, you'll gain it in your body. Hallelujah. Don't be callous with your spiritual walk. Don't be callous with it. Don't make coming to church optional. Don't make reading the word optional. Don't make prayer optional. No, don't make it optional. We'll talk about ways to grow the spirits. I just want to show you that there's an inward man of the heart. Let's read a few more scriptures about the inward man of the heart and then we can close. Let's, let's do 10 more minutes. The inward man of the heart. That means there is something in here. There's something in here. Just as you spend time on your makeup, you spend time on your clothing. You spend time on things to get your body on. Some of us, as men, oh, we don't miss the gym. You know, one day I went to the gym. I don't know who I went with. One of my friends. You know when you're going to the gym, you go excited. With toil, you know. You're bouncing. <laughs> Since the day the Lord has made, we rejoice and be glad in it. So we stepped on the treadmill. And the guy was going and going and going. After a few minutes, I came down. I said, when are we leaving? He said, we are just starting. I said, I'm very clear about what God has called me to do. So preach the gospel. Very, I'm very clear. I'm not confusing my purpose. So what will happen is, I will wait for you there where people are sitting. Then when you finish, you join me. Because we are very clear on what we are pursuing in this life. 30 minutes, you are still there. It's good. It's fantastic. 45 minutes, you're there. One hour, you're there. And you can feel the effect of that when you wear your shirt. Everything is looking nice. You're coming from the gym. People are hailing you. Chema. Your spirit also should go through gym sessions. 
Are you following what I'm saying? But that means there are days you should set your target. I'm going to pray in tongues for 45 minutes. You start praying, look at the time, 10 minutes. What's happening? Don't be like me. Don't go and sit down. No. What do you do? You keep praying. Pastor, it's not making sense. It doesn't have to pray in the Spirit. Because when I pray in the Holy Ghost, it's unfruitful in my mind. But my spirit prays. Put up for me quickly. First Corinthians 14, 14. You can, you can go back to the King James. First Corinthians 14, 14. Don't ever forget the scripture. First Corinthians 14, 14. If I pray in the spirit, my spirit is praying, but my understanding is, is unfruitful. So sometimes, for if I pray in unknown tongues, my spirit, for if I pray in unknown tongue, my spirit prayer, but my understanding is unfruitful. So sometimes I can be praying in tongues and it's not making sense to my mind until the Lord begins to help me to interpret. So you go through the gym sessions. You can have a gym session for the word. We'll talk about how to train the human spirit. But I just want to let you know that you have a spirit inside of you. F.F. Boswell, one of the generals of faith, said people will feed their bodies with three hot, three hot meals every day and feed their spirit with a cold snack. Some of you come to church, you forget your Bible, and forget the message that I preached. And you know when you collect it, next Sunday. You know what that tells me? Between Sunday and the next Sunday, nothing was fed into your spirit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. So you have, to, you have to have a feeding schedule. You have to have a feeding schedule. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so let's do a couple of scriptures. Psalm 51 verse 6. Let's do like six more scriptures and then we can close. Let's talk about the inward man of the heart. Psalm 51 verse 6. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Behold. Are we there? Okay. Behold, you desire fruit in the innermost being. And in the hidden part, you will make me know wisdom. What's the hidden part? Your human spirit. You will make me know what? Wisdom. Sometimes you just know what to do. One confession I confess every time. I know exactly what to do. If you, if, even if you hear me leading prayer as I say that. I am at the right place at the right time. I know what to do. Because sometimes you just feel a person. One thing I'm, I'm learning right now. I don't know if you. You need to develop it. One thing I'm learning right now is to call people when the Spirit of God prompts me to call them. Just, you just feel it. Not that you are thinking of them. But something you say, send them a text. Call them up. You know what? It is not in your calling them that is the miracle. The miracle is in the timing. Do, do you understand? Maybe at that moment, they're going through stuff. One night, about uh, 1 a.m., I stood up. I was, I was still reading or something. And I felt in my heart, sent a text of encouragement to this minister in Abuja. So I just sent it. The next morning, he called me. He said, your text came at the right time. And that told me, it is not in the calling. I could have said, well, I'll do it. But there, the spirit is peculiar about the timing. Sometimes the Lord puts in your heart, minister this seed to this person. Give this person this money. It is not about the money. It might be in the timing. The timing might be what to just, maybe the person just stood up. Pray. Uh, uh, wow. Well, can I couple and share this testimony? Bless my heart. 
He said there was this old women, something was going on with them, they were pushed out of their homes or something, so, but they were pray, praying women. And three of them prayed. And the oldest woman said, well, you know something, God is going to keep, grant us food today. God is going to feed us. God is going to feed us. And so they sat somewhere, uh, Copeland and a few people were, were having their meal, and he said he felt in his spirit that he should buy um, food for those women. So he caught, so they bought the food and took to them and said, we just want to bless you with this food. You know how those <laughs> black Americans run around and praise when they've got a testimony. He said the woman started running and said, I told you, I told you God is going to feed us. I told you God is going to give us food. I told you God is going to give us food. Right? Now we can understand something in that story. When they prayed, they sat. <laughs> they didn't finish praying. I say, well, we are hungry, but we are believing God. We have prayed. Faith does not give a hint. I said, faith does not give a hint. Are you following what I'm saying? If you are believing God, believe Him. You don't believe God by sharing. You just say, uh, praise the Lord, uh, I don't have shoes, but I know, I know, God is touching people. So, stop those nonsense. Faith believes God. And, I, and puts pressure not on people, but on the word. Amen. You put your pressure on the word. Okay. So, in our inner man, we have wisdom. Colossians 3.10. Colossians 3.10. Thank you, Lord. Colossians 3.10. And have put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge, according to the image of the one who created him. The new man. Ephesians 3.16. Ephesians 3.16. And that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So we can be strengthened in the inner man. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. Last scripture. Say on Corinthians 4 16. Wow, I love this scripture so much. I just love it. Such a profound scripture. Such a you know, we should thank God. We should thank God. For the liberty has given to us to serve him. We should thank God. We should thank him. For that liberty has given to us to serve him freely. Praise God. I, I, I like reading this scripture. Let's read it. It's, it's a beautiful scripture. Let's just read it. Enjoy it. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Let's start reading from verse 7. From verse 7. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. We'll stop at verse Verse 18. Beautiful scripture. Beautiful scripture. But we have this treasure in 18 vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. What is the 18 vessel is referring to? Our bodies. Okay. We are hard pressed on every side. The thing I like about this scripture is it talks about what is going through. And it talks about the overcoming ability. Amen. amen. I said Amen. You know, sometimes we think that the Christian race is such that when we get born again, that we're not going to have problems. That's not it. Problems show up, but we overcome. Okay? There's no problem-free Christianity. No! Challenges show up and we overcome it. Look at this. Look at this. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Yet not crushed. Oh, sister, why were you not in church today? Pastor, the problems. Ah, 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 ah. If I tell you, even you will not come to church. 
You're getting crushed. Hallelujah. I said you're getting crushed. But you shouldn't be. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. All this kind about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be made manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, According to what is written, I believe and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. You see, you see, sometimes we just pick up verses. You know, when we're talking about the spirit of faith, we just get onto this verse. Right? Right? Hey, come on, church. Are you still here? Yes, sir. We just get onto this verse. I say, well, you have to believe and then you speak. You have to believe and you say, but you should know where this man is believing and speaking from. He's speaking from a place of being perplexed. I mean, it's like a life is against them. And he says, well, I believe we've got the same spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith. Praise God. Oh, praise God. I, I, I was watching um, Southwest Believers Convention, Brock Copeland. Uh, you know, this, this, this month, they are celebrating 50 years in ministry. And then they invited Novel Hayes. Those of you, if you've ever heard or read about Novel Hayes, 90 years old man who has served the Lord for 90 years, preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel. 90 years full of life. Praise God. It was finding it a bit difficult to walk. They had him in the chair, but full of life. When I look at men like that, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. That at 90 we'll still be preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't plan your death, plan your life. When you look at the future, don't look at the future with hopelessness. Look at it with victory. Praise God. <laughs> Early days of our faith work. <laughs> I know the first one year of our marriage was, you need to ask my wife. It was weird. Sometimes I was listening to the word like this and I will get a revelation in my spirit. I will run out. And I will say, shake my hands. She will say, for what? I said, shake it first and I will tell you. So you finished taking. I said, congratulations, you married a very wealthy man. <laughs> I just said, I said, Congra-. and I'm, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was forming. No, I had hit a revelation in my spirit. I said, congratulations, you married a very wealthy man. I remember one day she came to the house. We were at home. There was no food in the house. And she said, oh, there's no food in the house. I said, well, there might not be food in this house, but there's food in heaven. And we have only one responsibility, call it forth. I said, even though I'm your husband, both of us are children of God. So the day I might not live up to my responsibility, the Heavenly Father will still take care of us. So what you're going to do now, the kitchen is your responsibility. List everything you want and start calling it forth. The next day I, do, I was hearing, I call for plantain in the name of Jesus. I call, I call for rice in the name of Jesus. I call for this in the name of Jesus. <laughs> You're laughing. But you know what? I can literally, I can, I, I shouldn't do that, but I can literally travel out of the house and go on missions. Then I don't travel anymore now because of the local church. But then I, I travel, I go on, uh, to a country, I spend three weeks. 
And my transport was everything we had in the house. But because she had learned the act of faith, all her needs will be supplied. I don't, I don't have an altar of doubt that if, my, if I leave my family and go do something, I shouldn't do that. But let's say the money is not there. I don't have, they will never starve. I mean, not because they are um, pastor's wife and children. No. No, 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 not because of that. But she has been trained to the point where she knows how to receive resource to do what God wants to do. So you're going to have these pressures come on you. But you have the same spirit of faith. You believe, therefore you speak. The same thing with Job. When everything came against Job, he says, I know my Redeemer liveth. You know, it was not a sticker he bought in church. It was something that was coming out of his spirit. I said it was something coming out of his spirit. His spirit was so... You know, if that thing happened to any of us, Ah, pastor, but I pay my tithe. I pay my tithe. I pay my tithe. Let them return my tithe back to me. Oh, but I'm serving God. Oh, you know, some of us complain against God a lot. Why me? Why me? It should be me. Why me? Like, eh? <laughs> you understand? That's the way life is. Praise the name of the Lord. You remember how our parents used to train us. I don't know if they still do that nowadays. But when children are crying, you know what your father will say? Let him cry. Cry doesn't kill anyone. You know what your father is trying to say? It's part of life. You'll get used to it. You'll cry. You'll get used to it. You know when you first had your baby? What's the baby do? Ah! Oh, hey, oh, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> After like one year, do, ah! they close that door. <laughs> you know what? You've got, it's part of life. You'll cry and we know. You'll cry and sort yourself out. But God has given us an ability to always overcome anything we come through. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how thick the sickness is, God is still in the healing business. It doesn't matter how deep the poverty is, God is still in the prospering business. It doesn't matter how thick the accident is, God is still in the delivering business. Glory to God. We can always have the victory. I said we can always have the victory. I said we can always have the victory. It means that we will look back at our life and we say we will not be defeated. It doesn't matter how hard the situation is. We put our faith on the word of God and we don't turn loose until we see manifestation. Glory to God. Better days are ahead of us. I said glorious days are ahead of us. I said glorious days are ahead of us. I said glorious days are ahead of us. us." Our future is brighter than our past. Yeah. Yeah. It is a hundred times more. Glory to God. The days are coming. When we look back, we'll just be sharing stories. Oh, there was a time this happened. There was a time this happened. And when we share those stories with our children, all we'll just say is thank God for His mercies. Because they are now stories. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's, let's thank the Lord. Let's worship Him for a moment. Father, we thank you. Oh, we honor. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805. 888-7575
God bless you.